0: This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the It's All About Experience Management podcast, where guests from around the world share with you strategies and easy-to-implement ideas for improving the experience and transforming your business. Your host, Jason S. Bradshaw, has spent decades helping leaders like you and organizations across the world improve the experience and grow their businesses. Now, over to Jason and this week's guest. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this episode of It's All About Experience Management. Joining us today is Donny Boven, he's an entrepreneur and serves as the CEO and founder of Success Champions and the Success Champion Network. Donny is considered one of the leading global minds on sales, business development and business growth. He is the first person to make sales and business development relatable and human. Donny is a community builder at heart and he helps build champions. Today, he helps small business owners leverage sales and business development to grow and then scale their business. He's a five-time best-selling author and a highly sought-after public speaker and host of a top-ranking podcast globally. He is the man that you need to hear from today. Donnie, in addition to everything, I don't know how he does it, but he runs a full working farm with goats, chickens, ducks, turkeys and geese. And I'm sure there's a few jokes I could throw in there, but without any further ado, Donnie,
1: welcome to the podcast. Hey, Jason, dude! Thanks for having me on, my friend. Uh, even just a little bit of banter we've had already, I know this is going to be a fun conversation, so I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Oh, I think it's going to be great. Now, Donnie, you know that's a pretty impressive wrap I gave you at the opening, but can you help the audience understand you a little bit beyond you know the the corporate sales intro that that I've done?
1: For sure, for sure. Thanks for that. So what people don't always get to hear about me is, you know, I was a blue collar kid that, you know, I, up until the age of 40, I didn't know you could start your own business. So I, I sold for other people straight commission for 20 years before I even got the inclination of starting my company. And um, I've sold for mom and pop all the way up to Fortune 500. So um, I have run the whole gamut. I mean, the sales game. But when I turned 40, I finally got the gumption to launch my own company. And I thought being a 20-year veteran in the sales game, it would be really easy to launch a business. And the first day my doors opened, if you will, even you know it was virtual, uh, two attorneys and a sheriff showed up on my property and served me my international non-compete papers. Um, supposedly, before I launched, I was one of the top sales trainers in the country, in the U.S. And now I was being told I couldn't talk about sales, sales training, business development anywhere in the in the world. So I started my company as a as a success coach. And Jason, to this day, I promise you, I have no idea what the hell a success coach is. Um, it's obviously some sort of business whore that just says yes to anything. <laughs> so my first year of business, I threw away uh, too much money um, and was doing all the wrong things because it's six months of building my business, I walked out the back door of my farm, and my wife's jeep was missing. Called the sheriff up to report a missing vehicle, and he said, No, sir, Mr. Bovine, your jeep's been repossessed. Um, And then I realized I was going to have to go in the house and tell my wife the rest of the story, which was the mortgage was three months behind, and I just got the first notice that they were going to start heading down the path of potentially foreclosing. My wife, being the blessing that she is, went on Monday morning, cashed in her 401k, to literally save the farm and get her jeep back and she told me to get off my ass and go sell something what i realized growing up i never saw the ceos of the companies i work for uh, so i had no idea what a ceo did uh, i really didn't think the ceo was the sales guy but i was learning the hard way that one of the top roles of a ceo is to sell Started selling, got us back to even, found podcasting, launched my show in May of 2018. Five months later, that show became number 22 in the world. So now I was sitting next to all the guys that I was listening to. Non-compete came up in September of 2018. And so now I could talk about sales, flash forward to where we are now. And I run the three companies, have top podcasts and the five best-selling books and a partridge in a pear tree. So <laughs> it's been a heck of a journey getting here. Well,
0: there's so much that we could unpack there. I think that quite often you hear, you know, entrepreneurs say, oh, I just couldn't do X or I couldn't do Y because, you know, the world was against me. My, my project <laughs> failed because of everyone else, not because of me and my skills. And, oh, no,
1: no, no. It was 100% me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, but what I love about what you shared there is you didn't give up. You, you know, you, day one, you were served with a non-compete and, and of course, like all of us, you had a choice, you could find another path. You could have taken them to court to try and overturn them. I non-compete. did try and take them
1: to court. I right. did try. But, did,
0: but you also did stuff to just keep trying to move forward. And I think that's the real lesson is that, you know, maybe maybe the path that you thought you were taking wasn't uh, available to you, but you still found a path to, to move forward. Um, And then also, the the second tip there is that the CEO's job is to sell. Yeah, I I can't agree more. The CEO's job is to create a reason for people to do business with you. Um, And, you know, sometimes that is a hard sale, right? And other times, it's It's just creating the environment that allows people to choose you over someone else. Now, amongst many of your pursuits on your website, each week, you share your success habits and how to win at sales. But one of the uh, podcasts that really caught my attention was titled how running a farm is just like building a business. So, so what's that all
1: about? Yeah, so I love that I get to talk about this. So uh, me and my uh, COO of the all the companies and the co founder success champion networking, Kevin Snow, we both, you know, grew up on farms and him on a lot larger farm than I did. I mean, they raised a lot of cattle and pigs, uh, and, and no crops where I grew up on a, a horse farm, you know, and the likes. But you know, there's a couple of things that we had fun during that episode on the Growth Mode podcast talking about all the things that crossed over. And there's a lot of the big things is you do the work until the work's done. And, you know, on a farm, there's no breaks, you know, you don't get to call time out, you know, you got things to bring in, cattle to take care of, animals to take care of, there's no days off, and I'm not the hustle and grind guy, but when you're building and running running a business, you know, there's, you're going to have to get up every day and go to work, you know, you can make adjustments, but, you know, on the farm, you can't tell the animals to go feed themselves i can't walk out to my goats and go okay guys i'm taking a week off you know y'all go take care of yourselves you know somebody still has to get them grain somebody still has to get them water so um, a lot of what we correlated was you know you do what needs to get done and then you know on a farm you can't do it all yourself you got to reach out to your neighbors and ask for help i mean you got a big load of hay coming in you know as it's just me and my wife and my mother-in-law on the farm we can't move you know hundreds of bales of 40 pound bales of hay I mean you bring people in I mean we've had instances where you know my entire farm froze over at one point and we went 11 days without water and the neighbors were trucking in 55 gallon drums of water to take care of the animals and oftentimes as business owners we put ourselves on an island because we don't want people to know how bad things are and we don't want people to know how we're screwing things up. And you know, if you put yourself on an island, it's a surefire fire way to lose everything. So we've talked a lot about reaching out to other people and getting support help getting people you know in in kevin's world in particular there, you know kind of all the other farmers had their niche of things that they were really good at this farmer could weld this farmer was a mechanic you know this farmer was more the veterinarian and you know you brought all them together at different times of the year and partnered up to get things done so talked a lot about collaboration and networking and you know one of the funnest stories were talking about sitting around the tables listening to the old codgers talk and letting them tell their stories and how much you can learn through other people's stories. So really the, the the gist of it is, is you know, most of the experiences you have in life are the exact lessons you need to go through to help you in this moment in time. And very rarely do people look at the things they've done and already learned and accomplished to help them move forward with whatever their endeavor they're trying to do at the moment. So it was a fun episode to do. Yeah,
0: it sounds it, and of course, you know, farming is big business. You know, it's it's a massive part of most countries' production. Um, you know, especially in the U.S. And, and here in Australia. And I love the line on a farm: you just have to do the you keep do, doing the work until the work is done. And I also like the comment around you don't don't be on an island. You you don't have to be per- a you don't have to be perfect at everything b you can't do everything and and c you know don't put yourself on island just because the ego is getting in the way of you telling people that you aren't this uh, messiah that can do everything and that you actually need help
1: well and, and to that jason one more is is you gotta go figure it out and what on a farm too often you know uh, a tractor breaks down or a vehicle goes down something breaks all the time there's there's not like a opportunity to just call into town and say hey i need this replacement part right so oftentimes you're fabricating your own stuff and creating your own things and there's no chance to sit down and go overthink it and not do it you need that piece of equipment or whatever to get done you just figure it out And that's why I always laugh when people around me, they're like, well, but there's all these things. I don't know what to do next. Well, do the first one in front of you, you know, and, and just go do it. Cause on a farm, if you, if you overthink it on a farm, somebody's getting hurt. Yeah. You know, something's going to go wrong. So in our world, we call it getting punched in the face. You know, you go get punched in the face. It's going to hurt. You go do it again. The next time you probably get punched in the face or something's going to break. You go do it the third time. You're going to learn to duck. And if you get punched in the face the fourth time, that's your fault because you didn't learn. But he had it three times. <laughs> so, but you got to figure it out. Uh, so, so often we get
0: uh, caught up on the technology stack yeah, the, is the font, is the logo, do I have the right images? Am I wearing the right clothes? And, you know, if you come back to the farm analogy, the cows and the sheep don't care what you're wearing. They care, have you fed me today? <laughs> have you done what you need to get done today to make this work? <laughs> <laughs> 100% percent. Uh, so I think we could probably spend hours talking about your podcast and, and, and your other activities. And I am conscious that we don't have hours on this podcast. But that being said, I think there's a couple of shows apart from the one that we just mentioned that really stand out. And, you know, you did an episode called The Mental Game of Business. What do you mean? I, I know you'll have a unique take on this. What do you mean by The Mental Game of
1: Business? So for me, I think we all grew up in this world where, especially as dudes, it's, it's, you know, you don't show weakness, you know, you don't let them see you sweat. And I don't think anybody who's building a business was mentally prepared for the upgrade that they were going to have to have. I mean, I love telling people that the version of you that got you to this moment was the version that could get you to this moment. But to get you to the next moment, that's going to be an upgrade, right? That's, that's going to be, you're going to have to go get punched in the face trying new things you've never done before and learning them so you you can upgrade, you know, and it, the same type side of it, you got to protect your mind because, you know, when you're building a business, man, there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of things going on and you will mental fatigue really, really, really well. So... I mean, for myself, I had to put in, what I call it, keep it between the ditches. Um, you know, I, so a, a ditch for me is that's as far as I can go. If I go any further, I'm gone. I'm down in a hole and I'm off the road. So for the ditches, I had to put in that my day is eight to eight. So I work from eight in the morning to eight to eight at night. And then I will not work anything past that. Traditionally, by six o'clock in the evening, it's only podcast interviews or fun Zoom conversation, no heavy lifting, no, no, no sales calls, you know. Um, every Thursday at around noon or one, we shut down the companies, and everybody stops working. We call it the farm day, uh, which is true. My wife and I go work on the farm and take care of the things around there, because running a farm, there's a lot of things to get done. On Saturdays and Sundays, I stop working on the companies at 9 o'clock in the morning because then there's Saturday and Sundays, the rest of the time to go work on the farm. So I still work seven days a week, but it's not the hustle and grind. It's working to the level of my mental capacity. I know if I were to straight work all the way up to eight, ten o'clock, which I would do if I didn't put the ditches in there, right? um, I would stay working and I'd tell everybody, if I wasn't married to my wife, I would have to find other ways to get me away from the computer because I really enjoy doing this. I love talking to people. I love helping people. And, you know, it's really my place to thrive. So I had to put the ditches in place to make sure that I couldn't go past that moment in time. And I think just too many people push themselves beyond a mental exhaustion. And at some point, when you're so worn out, that you will just shut down, and that's where people find themselves in the hospital and everything because they have just pushed beyond their normal limits. So Mm. so keep it between the ditches, and define what those ditches are for you because otherwise you're going to kick your own ass.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great lesson for all of us because whether you're in a corporate gig or an entrepreneur, uh, it, it is easy just to get caught up in the busy work. And when you give yourself the permission to have limits on, A, how many hours you're going to work, it forces you to also decide what work you're going to do.
1: Work more efficient, too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, a lot of people go into the world uh, wanting to start a business, thinking they're going to be able to do it better than their boss or better than the store down the road. And they are great ideas, and then it fails, and often it fails because they suck at sales. Now mm-hmm. uh, I know this is something that uh, we've already started a podcast with your journey to sales during your startup time, where you had you couldn't talk about what you were brilliant at, which was sales. So can you help the audience understand why? Did, why could they potentially suck at sales, and how could they get better at it?
1: So I mean, here's my secret: I actually suck at sales, and and and. The reason I tell people that is I suck at the way of selling that everybody was raised on. So everybody was raised on the side of sales, of closing and overcoming objections and all this crap that just makes you feel like a damn greaseball. Sales is really this most simple thing in the world. And let me explain. Nobody in this world has a sales problem sales by definition is that final conversation you have with somebody where they can say yes or no to you and most people if they get to that final yes no conversation with the right person they can have a great conversation good things are going to happen it's getting to that final yes no conversation that everybody actually sucks at so you don't have a sales problem you have a business development problem So and people don't want to do the things that it gets you into the conversations. You know, there's the, there's three forms of business development, right? It's very very simple. The first one is called warm conversations, and warm conversations is just like what we're having here. You know, it's just a, a great conversation with somebody. But it's more importantly, it's going places where people are expecting to get into business conversations. So think about it. It's, you can go networking. You could go to a conference. You go to a trade show. You go to an after hours event you can go to a breakfast, but you're looking for places where people are actually expecting to have a business conversation. The The second type of business development is you have cold outreaches. And this is the stuff that people, hey, this is your cold calling. This is your cold emailing. This is your cold reach outs or DMing on LinkedIn. This is your door-to-door stuff. Anywhere where you go from they don't know me to, hey, I'm interested in buying from you. And then the third one we call them hand-raising activities or hand-raising techniques, either way. And what hand-raising is, is this is where you put out original content or original thought and people can raise their hand and say, I'm interested in it. So this is, you know, maybe you're putting out social content. This is getting on podcasts, getting on stages. This is, you know, doing workshops and, you know, any writing blogs, anywhere getting published in articles. You know, anywhere you can put out your own original thought and people can raise their hand and say, I'm, you know, interested in that. So we tell everybody you've got to have one of those going in all three categories at all times. So you've got to be doing, you know, your uh, warm conversations, you've got to be doing your cold outreach, and you gotta be doing hand raising activities. To for somebody to fix their sales right now, the easiest way to do it is to pretend that you just hired a salesperson and you're gonna pay that salesperson ten thousand dollars a month guaranteed. a month base salary guaranteed. My first question I ask somebody when I say that is if that salesperson that you were paying $10,000 a month, if they worked at the pace that you're currently working at, would they still have a job? And most people instantly go, nope. (laughs) Then the question becomes, what would that salesperson have to do to justify that $10,000 base? And it's really, really simple. The only metric that I really care about tracking from a sales perspective the only thing I want to know is how many final yes-no sales conversations is that salesperson getting into? I don't care how many events they go to. I don't care how many cold calls they make. I don't care you know, how many blog posts or social content they put out there. I care about how many yes-no final conversations are they getting to. And then I would tell them, okay, if that salesperson's got to justify the $10,000 base, then how many of each of those activities or how many final sales conversations from those activities but they need to get into and so like warm conversation they say five to ten we'll say cool let's call it they have to get into ten yes no final sales conversations just from the networking the warm conversations a week and then from the cold outreach they said they need to get at least five conversations from the cold calling you know cold outreach and doing those things and then they need to get ten from the hand raising where they're putting out content getting on stages so That means that salesperson would have to get into 25 yes-no sales conversations a week. And I always ask, if they did it at that level, would that justify a $10,000 base salary? They say, yeah, traditionally, as long as their closing ratio is right, right, then they'd be hitting the numbers. And I said, would you hold that salesperson to that level of activity to justify that position? They say, absolutely. I said, then here's what you need to know. You just defined what you need to be doing from a sales role to build your business. And here's the thing. If you would expect somebody else to work at that pace, but you won't work at that pace yourself, you're an asshole. Because you're asking somebody to do something you wouldn't do yourself. And literally, if people will follow that map, that mechanism, they will learn sales because it'll force them to get into so many conversations that they'll learn how to have the right conversations.
0: Yeah, there's definitely something about the practice of selling, right? Having the conversations and learning your style. I can remember when I was much younger, I was doing telesales, selling carpet cleaning and pest control. And there's not many things that annoy people, but when you ring them in the middle of dinner and try and sell them some carpet cleaning, you learn how to handle objections very quickly if you want to make a dime. It was about the conversation, not necessarily the amount of dials because you could dial and get a lot of hang-ups, right? But if you didn't get to the yes-no part of the conversation, then it was just a waste of time. So excellent tips for anyone in business there. And, of course, business, everything in business is about selling, whether you're trying to negotiate well, sure. some more budget for your IT project, whether you're trying to you know, do whatever you're trying to do. You're selling in one way or the other. We just wrap it with a different label. Now, uh, Donnie, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's five. You've written five best-selling books, right?
1: Correct. Correct.
0: Which one of those five is your favorite?
1: The last one we just put out, "Fuck to Focus." Okay. Um, what is that? The you know, book one. I always tell people that you know that was my attempt to put information out, tell a little bit about my story, and teach some things. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time I got to book five. I learned to teach somebody to build a business freedom, right? Um, Most people, they try and build a business and end up just creating a shitty job for themselves, right? They they don't, you know, actually break free. They find themselves working harder on their business than they did when they were working a job for somebody else because now it's all on them. So the whole book is written from the perspective of all the things I wish somebody would have told me. And all the stuff I wish somebody, as I was building my companies, would have walked up and said, hey, bud, you need to do this, go this direction, put this in place. And the fun thing is that book became the basis for a lot of things that we do now, is even on the social content, showing up on podcasts, doing all these kind of things. I'm always now coming from the perspective of what would I have needed somebody to say to me as I was in that moment? Like when I'm at the darkest point point, we're about to lose it all, what would I have wished somebody would have walked up at that moment and said to me? Or when we were scrambling, we're figuring out the businesses, you know, what would I wish somebody would have said to me? Or as I'm learning sales, what do I wish somebody would have come up to and said to me? And I find that the more I am able to decipher the things I wish somebody would have said to me as I went through it, the more my message is getting through to people because they're hearing it almost as if I'm saying it to them and they're leaning in from it. So the the book really taught me how to get to that perspective and to teach people to, you know, do more awesome things. And on that book, man, I always tell anybody, if you go buy 10 copies, which is 40 bucks us and you send me the receipt, just an image of receipt, I'll give you an hour of my time to coach you through whatever you want to work on. Uh, and, I, and I love doing that because uh, it helps me keep the book going in the marketplace, but it also gives people a way to access a guy like me, which is which is really cool and fun to do.
0: It's a phenomenal offer. Uh, so the book, this book is called Fucked to Focus, Taking Your Business from Growth Mode to Ultimate Scale. So... There's 17 chapters. It's it's a hefty book. It, it, it it's a it's a good read, but it's a hefty book. Yeah, it's it's not a, it's not a brochure. But out of out of that whole book, what would be the number one tip or idea that you share in that that you'd like to share with the audience today?
1: Yeah, it's the champion's vision, and the what I didn't understand. Is Because I heard all the Simon Sinek crap, you know, start with why, start with why, start with why. And what I realized is my why, most people's why, is very selfish in nature, right? It is for me. Nothing wrong with that. But if you're going to try and build a business, your why can't be about you. It's got to be about other people. So once I understood that we were going to change how the world networks, once that became the thing that we were going to do... I could articulate that in such a way that people are like, "Ooh, I want to be a part of that. And what I think people don't do is they don't think about what they're creating and how it impacts the lives of others. So the champion's vision is all about how can you have a vision that's big enough to intimidate and scare you some, but is said in such a way that other people want to lean in and help you build that thing. And so the idea, you know, and Steve Jobs did this when he said, I'm going to create a computer for us, right? soon as he said that, all his people leaned in. And there was a a gentleman uh, in Africa, gosh, it's a really long name, but he said he was going to put telecom all throughout Africa. People said he was freaking crazy. But the moment he said that, people leaned in. They're like, oh, we want to accomplish that. And he did. Now he's one of the richest men in the world. And, and it's things like that, that when people create a vision that other people want to support, other people want to help create, they will lean in and help you create that vision. So for us, it was, let's change how the world networks and fix what everybody hates about networking. And people are like, yeah, networking has been broken for a long time. Let's go do that. So, and that's how we build Success Champions Networking. Fantastic. So why do,
0: or why does everyone hate uh, networking?
1: Because networking was created by a bunch of broke ass people that didn't know how to sell. And so when you go to meetings and events and the likes, you're sitting around with a bunch of desperate people hoping and praying to God that you can build their business for them. Or they can build their business for them. Because they don't know how to go out and sell. They don't know how to go out and get their own business. So they're relying 100% on these groups, on these you know events and things to, to build their business. I don't want to sit around with a bunch of broke-minded people that don't know how to go get their own business. I'm going to sit around with a bunch of badasses that are like, oh, cool, this is my offensive line. This is my starting lineup. I'm going to go win for them. I'm going to go out and sell, get my business, I'm going to bring that back to the team and they're going to be doing the same because this is a championship team and we're going to win together. And when you get a bunch of people around the table that are actually proactively going out and build their businesses and bringing that back, you know... Most people look at networking as they need to get referrals. They need somebody to refer them. I don't even freaking want referrals from my network. What I want is I want to be able to introduce my people to the right damn people. They'll introduce me to the right damn people. Because if I can get you to their introduced to the right person, they're going to get a ton of referrals. But rarely am I ever going to run into your ideal clients. Like the exact person you need to talk to. So all these people are showing up to these networking groups and events and things. And they're like, let me tell you who I need to meet. And it's always this end user type person, you know, that they need to sell to. Well, I don't run into people that need what you're trying to sell. But if you were to walk up to me and say, if you got me to this person, their client base is all the people I need to meet. I could probably get you to that person because I run into them all the time. And if I can put the two of you together, the synergies that form, the number of referrals get passed are just insane. So so people come at networking and networking is traditionally taught by a broken mindset of people that don't know how to sell. So if you flip the script and go, how do I go out and sell more, bring that back to the network so we can continue to level up everybody in there. And as the more I can level them up, the more I get leveled up, right? Rising tide lifts all ships. And you know if I can think constantly, who can I introduce this person to versus how do I tell people what I need? How do I tell people how to refer me, which is absolutely pointless. Um, it changes the whole dynamics of what everything happens. And once we started telling people this, they're like, yeah, that's a game I want to play, and unless they're not our people, right? Some people, when I talk that way, they're like, yeah, yeah, that sounds like a lot. That sounds like a... you're not our people. That's fine. Go back to your style of networking, and we're totally okay with that.
0: Johnny, during the conversation today, a lot of the you haven't used the word, but a lot of what you've shared with us is about getting clarity and taking action. You know, uh, nothing wrong with meeting people, but you, uh, you know, if it's not your if you're not clearer about who it is that you serve and who your customers are and how you can help them then then that's traditional networking right you just meet yes. a whole bunch of people collect some business cards and uh, fill your fill your iphone with a few extra numbers that you'll never call uh, <laughs> exactly. versus having an intention to create conversations that lead you to who your ideal customer is who your ideal people are so Fantastic. Tony, there's so much that we could talk about, but we are running out of time. What is the best way for people to connect with you?
1: Yeah, so um, we rolled out a new program that I really think I'm going to change the world with, and it's called Champions 90. So if people go to champions90.com, they'll hear about this. So what it is, it's a 90-day challenge where it is business development focused. And in there, you're going to do 45 minutes a day of exercise. I walk. That's my thing. You're going to listen to a podcast for 45 minutes. I walk and listen to a podcast. I start every day at four o'clock in the morning. I go walk the farm. It's dark out. So I've got to listen to a podcast. What this does for me is it allows me to actually focus on my business because very rarely do we ever slow down and focus on our business. So as I'm doing this walk, I'm listening to a podcast. I don't have to listen to the podcast, but it distracts my mind enough that I'm actually able to get to almost a meditative state. It's the coolest thing in the world. So 45 minutes walk exercise, 45 minutes of podcast, you're going to do 30 minutes of cold outreach. So you're going to do 30 minutes. Either you're cold calling, DMing on LinkedIn, Door-to-door, cold emailing—I don't care. You're doing 30 minutes of straight cold outreach. You can do this to go find your prospects, to get on podcasts, to get on stages. Anything where you're reaching out to people who don't don't know you, and try and get uh, in their world. And then you're gonna do 30 minutes of hand-raising activities. You're gonna go out, be either putting out social content, you're gonna be getting on podcasts, you're gonna go engaging and commenting on social media, right? You'll do 30 minutes of those, and then you cap it all off with writing 200 words. Based on what were your takeaways from the podcast? What are your thoughts that generate from this? Um, I've done this for the last 30 days. Um, We just launched Champions 90 a few weekends back. But in the last 30 days, this is not a health and fitness thing. But um, in 30 days, I lost 37 pounds. Now, I was also fasting during that time. But I lost 37 pounds. And the level of focus on my business has been absolutely dynamic. This is free. We don't charge anything for people to take up the challenge. Um, We gave this away because we want people to get in the game and actually do the things that will move them forward. So if you got the courage to step in and do Champions 90, don't start this thing if you're not going to do it, right? But if you'll do Champions 90, 90 days, no quit, and you get in the game, there's an entire community of people that would be cheering you on and encouraging you and watch the post because people every time they're posting their 200 words you don't have to post the 200 words but when they post their 200 words you'll see their takeaways and they're putting on their hash you know hashtag champions 90 hashtag c90 day two c90 day three and you get to watch their journey unfold as they go through all this it has been one of the coolest things we rolled out and 100% of the 100 three reason we gave it away for free is because this is the thing that people need to do to actually build their business and work on themselves.
0: So uh, that's absolutely fantastic. I, I encourage everybody to get on board with the challenge. I know I'll be signing up. Now, I'd also encourage people to listen to your podcast, Donnie. What is the podcast called? Where can they find it?
1: Yeah, so it's growth mode, uh, just two words growth mode, um, where you talk about all the growth mode of your business um, and where it's going. We talk about sales business, and they can find it wherever they listen to podcasts um and so apple spotify everything so um, or they can find out all my contact information if you just go to donnie you'll find all about our networking groups the badass business Summit, champions table masterminds um, growth mode podcast champions 90 challenge it's all there as as well so um and connect with me on social i mean i love getting the dms and the questions and you know i get a lot of people now that are Send me a lot of questions, you know, in private message because maybe they don't want to be out there in public, but uh, we love it. You know, keep sending, you know, uh, we're accessible. I don't want anybody to think that we're on some sort of mountaintop and you can't get to us. So, um, you know, come say hi, introduce yourself and, you know, let us know how we can, you know, get in your world and, and help you in any way possible. So we just love people. That is fantastic. I'll make sure in the show
0: note we have a link to the 90 Day Challenge, to the podcast, to your socials, and of course, to your website and that link to get your latest book. But before we let you go, Donnie, what is one thing that our listeners should do as soon as they've finished listening to this episode to improve their business or to improve their experience of their customers or employees?
1: I'm going to give a twofold answer to this. One, guys, if you've got any ideas, tips, tricks, any value out of this episode, Will you do Jason the Honor and share this out with one person? Having my own podcast, I know one of the toughest things in the world is to build and grow your audience. But if you will, go leave him a review wherever you're listening to this. If you will share this out with one person, do just like walking up and giving him a virtual hug, man. It's the coolest thing in the world when you get some knowledge from somebody and you share that knowledge with somebody else. The second thing I want you to do, guys, is go get punched in the face. Um, every day I want you to go do the hard things. Um, and what I mean by the hard things is, you know, the things that you should be doing in your business, you know, the things that you should be putting in play, all that stuff you're avoiding is where the magic actually happens. You know, when, when you don't pick up the phone to make the call, when you don't walk across the room to introduce yourself, when you don't do those hard things, You're robbing yourself of the greatest learning tool, the greatest learning experience in the world. It's not about failing. It's about doing those hard things, knowing you're going to screw things up and doing them anyways and keep doing them until you learn to get better at them. That's where all the magic in this world. There's no secret in this world about how you find success because success is found by the people that are too dumb to quit. We keep pushing forward where everybody else is going to throw in the towel. We kept pushing forward. So go get punched in the face by doing the hard things. Learn to duck. Take the uppercut when it comes. Get punched in the face a few more times with that. And then learn to move around that one. But it's in those hard things that you do that suck that you don't want to do. It's doing those that actually allow you to evolve and become the next version of you that will help you find success.
0: Fantastic, Donnie. Thanks so much again for being on the show. And we wish you every success in the new challenge and with the new book. My honor, brother. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you gave us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. And don't forget to check out any bonus content mentioned in today's episode at allaboutxm.com. You can find more information about Jason at jasonsbradshaw.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.